It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie coming up in about 10 minutes or so. We're talking about the Brewers making a deal yesterday that nobody saw coming for them. And somehow the Sean Murphy deal did not include Sean Murphy going to the Brewers, and yet the Brewers won the trade. We'll discuss that coming up in 10 minutes. But right now, we're going out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line to discuss the Blues win last night, 7-for-7 seven seven on the penalty kill over the, the last two coming. games. The Blues are coming! The Blues are coming! Jeremy Rutherford joins us now. You can read his work over at The Athletic. Had a great column earlier today. You can also follow him on Twitter, at J.P. Rutherford. Jr. what's good? Oh, not too much. Hey, quick funny story from uh, last night, BK. Uh, you know, people know that uh, you guys reach out on Monday night to see what time I can join you on Tuesday. And so last night you texted me a couple times and said, how's one o'clock? And I said, I said, that's fine. Well, a little while later, I was trading texts with Braden Chen because he wasn't made available after the game. He didn't have his voice. He's sick. And so just trying to make sure I understood what happened down there when a stick was broken. So we exchange a couple texts. All of a sudden I get a text. I look down and it, it says, uh, Gave you something good to, to write about and talk about finally. Well, I thought it was still Shen because we had been going back and mm-hmm. forth. So I, so I say, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Look down. I sent it to you. So that text you got last night that said thanks for that, that was meant to go to uh, the Braden No, Chandler. I understood. It was because I picked against <laughs> the Blues yesterday. They end up winning. So, of course, I was the one that gave you something good to write yeah, about. Jay, I understood. Yeah. You, you understand that no pleasantries are supposed to be sent to BK. It's just one-word answers, and that's it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But nonetheless, we do have something good to talk about finally. JR, let's start with the PK because I think that's really the story over the last couple of games. It was historically bad for the vast majority of the season, seven for seven over the last two games. There's been some personnel changes on it. There's been some schematic changes on it. What have you seen that has led to their recent success? Yeah, I've seen a number of things, a number of things. And and yeah, we, we do have to mention small sample size. This unit has been bad for a while. When you start talking you know, 56, 57%, uh, obviously a couple games is not going to change that. But what we've seen, and, and Mike Van Ryan said it in the soundbite earlier, they've had a couple days to practice it, and uh, they've made some changes not only schematically but also with the personnel. Schematically, I think a couple things, uh, being more aggressive, tightening things up. And the one thing that Craig Bruby said, Alex touched on earlier, is when you make a decision, follow through with it. If you're going in the corner, that's great, uh, but if you decide to do it, get out there and do it. So when I was watching the PK last night, I, I think that they were doing a, a much better job of that. They're being more physical, uh, but also look at the personnel up top. Pavel Buchnevich is out. He's part of that main pairing with Ryan O'Reilly. So they've had to mix some things around. Achari is up with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, but in that second pair, they had Robert Thomas. They had Nathan Walker. When he's in the lineup, they switched it. It's been Brandon Saad. It's been Ivan Barbashev. And I think they've been good, really aggressive. You saw Barbashev last night. And then I tweeted earlier about Brandon Saad, uh, two shots on goal on the uh, penalty kill. Of course, he scored that shorty the other night against Colorado. So it's given the Blues a different element. So, JR, on the defensive side of things, you know, we left the Colorado Avalanche game thinking, okay, good game, but you still couldn't get it done. You got beat in front of your own net, which has kind of been the narrative of this team. They cleaned that up and I think have a good game against Nashville last night in front of their own net. Is that sustainable, I guess, is the biggest question because the the few guys that we've talked a lot about this season that have been getting beat are the guys that play the most minutes on the ice for you. Yeah, it's a good question. I want to see more if we're going to commit to the idea that the Blues are suddenly going to be physical because uh, it's just been too long and the, the reputation of these players 
is that's not who they are. Last night, a little out of character to see Colton Preco kind of cross-check a guy into the boards. He gets the penalty there, but I got to tell you, the reaction I got from most fans was, who cares? Glad to see it. Let's see more of it. <laughs> and, and so, uh, will we see that against Edmonton Thursday night? You know, we'll see. That's not his M.O., but if that's what the coaches are preaching and that's what they're picking up on, uh, we'll see. But definitely the Mikula play, even though he gets a penalty there, uh, you're clearing out the front of the net. That's what they need more of, uh, but I definitely want to see more of that before uh, before we pat them on the back. JR, it, when you look at what they decided to do yesterday with Jordan Bennington, starting him in back-to-back games, you were able to speak with Benner, and you had a really good piece on him last week uh, after Grice got that start against Winnipeg. What do you think the statement was there that the Blues were making by giving Bennington the back-to-back game? I think that was the first time they've done that this season. Yeah, kind of multifaceted, I think. I, I think that uh, Thomas Grice, his last outing, did not look good. I don't think he would have kind of run with the job, but I think had he played well uh, in his last game, Winnipeg, uh, maybe you know he gets one of these starts in the, in the back-to-back. Didn't play well, a couple short side goals. And then Jordan Bennington, yeah, I had a chance to speak with him the other day, and he said, this is the NHL. This has taken us three months to get going. Let's go. Let's go. And I think that, you know, that type of guy, that type of attitude, you want him in net. And then he played really well against uh, Colorado. You know, nothing really he could do on those goals. Craig Bruby said yesterday, we talked to him. He felt good. We felt that he played well. And uh, so we were going to go with him. And I think, you know, as we've been saying all along, if the Blues are going to win or make any noise, it's got to be Jordan Bennington doing it, and uh, we've seen that the past couple nights. Jer, uh, we talked with Ray Ferraro yesterday, and he said that you know you can always compete for a playoff spot if you're close, but he said usually about 50-55 games in is when general managers start to look at their team and say, okay, but are you anything more than just a playoff team? Do you feel like Doug has his decision already made in that aspect, or can something change that for him? I think that Doug has a really, 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 really good uh, feeling what he wants to do and what he'd like to accomplish. But, you know, as you guys have touched on today, and, you know, we all know the backstory on 2018-19, you got to be willing to adjust if things do change. I don't necessarily see them changing, uh, but uh, I was listening to Tom Stum and the Blues owner on the uh, Bally's uh, feed last night, and it's interesting. I go back to 2018-19. It's December and uh, he was being interviewed by uh, Bernie Miklas, Michelle Smallman, and he said, I still believe in this group. And I remember driving down the road thinking, you know, what is he thinking? Like, you know, this this group doesn't have a chance. And and so he was saying the same thing last night. So who were we to to say that, uh, you know, it's wrong to have belief in in this team? I don't see it. I I think that, uh, you know, they can put together a good stretch, but I'm with you, Alex. I don't know that that changes the mind of, of Doug Armstrong unless it's just completely overwhelming. So, uh, I, I think that his mind is probably leaning towards making some moves, and when the time is right and these moves are able to be made with teams that are ready and willing, that uh, we'll probably see some of that. JR, final question that I've got for you. This is a guy that we've talked about a decent amount over the last couple of weeks because of how well he's played, and that's Noel Achari. When the Blues decide to make those moves, what do you think the plan is likely to be with Achari? Do you think it's more likely that he's a guy that maybe they try to keep around via extension, or do they try to get something for him via a trade if that ends up being the direction that things go? If I know Doug Armstrong, he he wants Noel Achari around, and I think that uh, whatever this looks like moving forward for the St. Louis Blues, uh, you'd hope that he'd want to be a part of it. And and you might think to yourself, you know, why would Achari want to stick around if the Blues aren't a playoff team, maybe he wouldn't want to go somewhere else. He's going to be a free agent. You know, he could sign somewhere else uh, next year. 
Uh, but I think that uh, sometimes players, they get to a point where they, they like where they're at. They like their role. They like the coaching staff. You know, if Craig Bruby, you know he's going to be here if you're, you're Achari, then uh, you might uh, re-sign a contract with the St. Louis Blues. So I think he's the type of player that the Blues would love to keep around, regardless of uh, which direction this goes. He's Jeremy Rutherford. You can find his work over at The Athletic. You should be following him if you're not already over on Twitter at JP Rutherford. Jer, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk with you again next week. Anytime, boys. Thanks a lot.